Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My <laughs> name is Armand Farouk, and I'm here with my robot co-host, Nick Sigelski. And today, we have the one and only Sonny Round. He is a machine of an SDR leader over at Panopto. And just as importantly, he is an expert and has been experimenting with the thing that everyone has been talking about, which is using chat GPT in sales. And we are going deep on this. So Nick, why should people listen? One of the really, really frustrating things about my LinkedIn feed is I see all of these influencers who aren't actually like selling and using ChatGPT, posting extremely high-level advice of here's how to use ChatGPT for sales. Sonny is actually out there and his team is selling using ChatGPT to do all sorts of things, research, writing messages, refinement. This is an episode if you want to hear a real sales practitioner from a top-tier company and how he is using ChatGPT, you may wish to listen to it. And I promise Armand won't do that robot voice in the rest of the episode. Ah, uh, you are incorrect, you stupid human. And by the way, before you listen to the episode, folks, if you like what you heard here, Sonny actually has some of the most common chat GPT prompts and queries that he uses, and he is giving those away to you for free. And you can access those in the show notes because God knows I'm going to be using them. Let's get on with it. Three, two, one, take over the world. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. This actionable tactic on selling to power is sponsored by SalesLoft. Don't start from zero when a champion introduces you to power. Explain the three to four priorities you learn from the champion, but then ask them to validate what's really important to them or what we missed. And we partnered with SalesLoft to give you a whole bunch of talk tracks on selling to power. The link is in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Today's show is sponsored by Calendly. If you're interested in accelerating your sales cycle, improving your prospects experience and booking more demos, there's one scheduling automation platform on the market that does all three. Calendly offers team-based scheduling, solutions and integrations for every department and lead routing to instantly book qualified meetings from your website and match known leads to reps based on real-time Salesforce assignment. I find it really helpful when I have to book meetings with multiple people on my side so that I don't have to coordinate everyone's calendars. Get started today by checking out the show notes or Calendly.com. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. 
And this was stolen from the gong, 30 MPC, 90 minute masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. All right, Sonny, welcome to the show. We start every single interview with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. Awesome. Thanks for having me. My top actionable takeaway is to understand your ideal customer profile. I'm sure everyone knows what your ideal customer profile is and why it's important to reach the right prospects. But I really want to talk about how we can make sure that our ICP is maintaining relevance and staying up to date. So I have a three-step process that you can actually use to make sure that your ICP is remaining dynamic with the current market trends. The first step is to go into Salesforce or your CRM and basically create a report of close one opportunities in the last one year. Make sure you add as a field in that report contact title of that opportunity. Export that information. From there, you can take that list of key titles and plug it into chat GPT and essentially prompt it to create you a table that separates out the list by role hierarchy and role type, which will give you you know, manager, vice president, C-level on one side, and then it will give you head of video, head of audio, head of IT specific role titles and and specialty types on the other side. The third step to that process is basically you're going to want to take the information you have and plug it into LinkedIn using a Boolean search, two-part search, parentheses. You're going to use your role uh, hierarchy. So VP or make sure the or is in capital letters, C-E-X, C-E-O, et cetera, or manager and parentheses. And in capital letters. And then the other side is going to be video, learning, education, which happens to be the ICP that I sell into right now, Panopto, but your ICP might be very different depending on what you know your recent closed one deals are telling you and what ChatGPT is, is recommending. You're going to punch that into the LinkedIn keywords as a Boolean and hit go. And that's going to generate a list of up-to-date key ICP prospects for you to tap into at the top of your outbound funnel. For those of you who just heard that and said, wow, I wish I could see what that actually looks like, you are in luck because we sat down with Sunny and we actually documented visually how you can build this list out in ChatGPT and LinkedIn using Sunny's brain because mine and Armand certainly couldn't handle it. If you want to go steal that, there's a link in the show notes. Go grab it. It's free. Okay, what's number two? Awesome. So the second actionable takeaway is to load your top of funnel with the right prospects you can use the prospects that you're enriching and generating from that, that new LinkedIn search that you've just built with your recent ICP. Uh, but it's also important to, to keep an eye on your, your KPIs at the top of your funnel uh, and making sure that your KPIs align to your goals. So what I mean by that is, you know, we use a, a measure uh, on my team at Panopto called FTV, which is first touch value. And that is a measure of the unique prospects that you are putting into sequence and completing a step one call or step one email for in that given week. So it's important to measure unique prospects being reached because in most worlds, you can only generate a maximum of one meeting with with a single prospect. So if you message someone or call someone 50 times in a week, but it was the same person, it's really not 50 separate touches. But if you measure FTVs, you're actually getting unique separate touches in your funnel you can reverse out of that to get to your goal. And the simplest way to look at that would just be, you know, if you want to get 10 meetings in a month and you know that you need to have five replies. So every five replies, you generate a meeting because you're an expert at objection handling from listening to 30 MPC, of course, you know that your, your reply to meeting rate is 20%. So 
if you need to get five meetings, then you need to generate 25 replies. And if your reply rate on your messaging is 10% on your outbound messaging, which is you know a low-end reply rate of a solid outbound sequence like the Sam Nelson Agogi sequence, what you could do is basically know that you have to reach out to 250 unique people or prospects at the top of your funnel every month to generate the 25 replies that you need to lead to the five meetings that you want to get every month. Um, so that's how you can kind of reverse engineer out of your funnel to get to your goal with outbound prospecting. Very nice. Round us out. What's number three? The third one is to A-B test to optimize all of your processes. A-B testing is fundamental to any core growth philosophy or growth tactic. And I think the best outbound salespeople understand that we are, in a way, marketers, because when you're doing outbound, you're going to have to have some volume involved in your game plan, especially if you're doing cold outbound. A-B testing is, is essentially measuring a change in one process and, and measuring its effect on the outcome. So an example would be if you wanted to A-B test an individual email messaging, what you would do is essentially you could have two separate subject lines, like maybe one subject was prospect name dash intro. And the second subject line was prospect name dash company introduction, where it's a, a slight difference in the subject. That would be the variable. The body of the email and the actual message itself, you'd want to keep exactly the same. And effectively, after a sample size of 40, uh, you would have an understanding of whether or not the change in the subject was statistically significant to the point that one produced better open rates, better reply rates, better results. And you can do that for as many things as you can think of, right? Your email signature, remove GIFs, remove links, remove images, test it against another, test the time of day that you're sending emails to prospects. You know, I always like to send emails at 6.03 a.m. or 7.43, you know, p.m. Weird times. If you send them at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 9.30, it looks like it's automated. It looks like spam. If you send it at a strange time, it's like, oh, this is a, a real person behind this, you know, sent from an iPhone. I've seen that in so many different uh, recommendations, including on 30MPC. I really like to A-B test that in, in certain templates within our, our follow-up cadence messaging. One of the best ones that I've used and continue to use is a moneymaker follow-up. It's a, it's a reply to the original email that you've sent. And the reply basically just says, prospect name, return, any thoughts, question mark, dash, return, dash, sender name. So prospect name, any thoughts. And it refers to the original email, which you've hopefully put a little bit of customization into. And that's a super, super effective. Like, you know, we see that follow-up poke, which takes no effort and is fully automated, generate, you know, anywhere from five to 10% replies on that single message itself. So that's a really effective one. And, and it was only found through hundreds of different variations of A-B testing. That was found to be the most effective follow-up poke. So A-B testing is super important. And the real important thing about A-B testing is that you make time to review the results and make the changes accordingly based on the data. Oh, man. Alrighty, Sonny. So we actually haven't had a guest yet go really deep on what everyone is talking about in sales right now, which is the use of AI, specifically tools like ChatGPT in the world of sales and in the world of prospecting, especially. So I want to go a little bit deeper with you because you are a highly proficient user of ChatGPT in sales. 
before we do that, for everyone in the audience who has not heard of ChatGPT yet or doesn't know how it works or can work for sales, the basic premise is it is an AI-enabled chatbot. You can plug different phrases, commands, or queries into it, such as write me an email based on this, or write me an email using these principles, or based on this list of things, help me compose a message like this, and it will spit out some pretty darn good responses. But that is one and only one use case. So, Sonny, in using ChatGPT, in your experience running an SDR team, give us a sense of what are the three, four, or five most common use cases for ChatGPT, specifically in the world of prospecting. One of the most effective things I found that ChatGPT can do is it can induce creativity and it's super relevant to what we were just talking about in A-B testing where we have a ton of different messaging, messaging by vertical, messaging by persona, messaging by use case and product. And what I've been using ChatGPT to do is basically plug in our highest performing template into ChatGPT and just say, hey, rewrite this message with a focus on brevity or rewrite this message with a focus on sales creativity, or generate me three subject lines for this email with a focus on open rate. And amazingly, ChatGPT does a really good job of all of these things. Another use case is you can plug in your prospect's response and say, you know, hey, generate me a sales-focused reply to this response with an emphasis on booking a follow-up meeting. I'm not saying that you should just copy-paste verbatim what ChatGPT creates, but it gives you a really good baseline to then start to improve on from there, especially if you're not sure where to start, ChatGPT can get you going. Another really good use case is doing market research. So, you know, the ICP use case is is a really effective one, but you can also sort of plug in a competitor's webpage and say, you know, if you go to the competitor's um, use cases, say, hey, based on this webpage, create me a list of all the companies that use this product. I've even used it to plug in our company, Panopto, against multiple other competitors to say, hey, compare these three products. Where is Panopto best? And it does a pretty good job of of market research uh, and competitive analysis. So super effective in, in so many different use cases. And I'm still scratching the surface, but I think that being able to induce creativity in your messaging starting to perform market research, TAM analysis, ICP analysis to to really effectively bring out the best qualities of your product to the right people that you know are going to buy your product. And honestly, just testing new things with it every day. So let's start this at the beginning of the prospecting process. And let's go a little bit deeper on the research part of using ChatGPT. And then let's go into the crafting of messaging, which is how most people are using ChatGPT. So Sonny, I pick up an account. Let's just say that I'm breaking into a solid mid-market or enterprise account. What are the parts of the research process that I can take out and streamline using something like ChatGPT? That would oftentimes be a repetitive process that I would have to do manually as an SDR or salesperson. So one thing it does really good at is it learns from what you give it. So if you have a you know a Fortune 500 or a public company, all public companies, uh, they have to file these reports called 10Ks. 10Ks are essentially a huge financial audit, but also an outward-facing prospectus for what the company is focused on at the current moment and in the year ahead. And so 
If you go to sec.gov, that's where all of the 10Ks for any public company are hosted. Uh, you could also just Google the company name and most recent 10K. And once you get that 10K link, copy and paste that into ChatGPT and say, hey, ChatGPT, based on this 10K, what is this company's biggest risk that they've highlighted for the year ahead? And then if it gives you a huge response, say, you know, rewrite that with a focus on brevity. And it'll give you like a snap of the fingers response that you can then plug into a prospecting email and say, hey, I saw one of your biggest risks for the year ahead and your 10K was X. You know, my company solves just that. And I'd love to talk to you about how so that this can be removed from your company's risks and put into your company's strengths. So that's at the company level, which, by the way, brilliant. Are you doing this at the contact level also? Because if I go back to what you talked about in the beginning, right, I'm building this prospect list. Maybe I'm integrating the chat GPT output with what I'm doing in sales nav. I've got these companies and I'm figuring out, okay, at the company level, here's relevant reasons for me to reach out. At the human being level, are you also doing this? And if so, how? As far as like researching individual people and prospects, I always advise our team to look at their LinkedIn, review their past experience, review their skills, maybe look at some of the things that they posted and be able to, to write something to them that, that you know is going to relate. Like if they have something in their description, like, you know, implement hybrid classroom systems for 10 plus years across three different schools and institutions, it's like, you know, reach out with a message. Hey, I see that you're an expert at implementing hybrid learning environments. And I'd love to chat to you about, you know, some of the recent hybrid learning environments that we've been implementing at Panopto. And I think that person to person is always going to be most effective for that research. But if we take it a step back to like the right types of people to reach out to and generating that list of ICP titles, I think ChatGPT can be really effective for using that information from your Salesforce, from your recent close one to generate title matrices, which can inform your LinkedIn searches. And then if you look at like your replies that you've received from prospects where, you know, so many people get these on the fence replies where it's like, Hey, not the right time, or, Hey, I'm not the right person, or, you know, I'm interested, but I actually don't have any ability to make a decision on this and therefore wouldn't be the best time or person to talk to. These are like what I call on the fence objections. And this is where I think the most effective outbound and sales reps in general are able to nurture a prospect from that edge of the fence and bring them over onto the side of the fence that is booking a meeting to share value about how your company can help theirs. The way that I've, I've used ChatGPT effectively within our team is basically when you get a reply from a prospect and you're just, you have writer's block and not sure what to say, put that reply into ChatGPT and just say, Based on this reply from a prospect, please generate me a sales-focused response with an emphasis on booking a follow-up meeting to share about how we can potentially help them with our product. Plug in your product name. And it'll do a really good job of generating that reply. And if you, if you feel like the reply comes in with you know four or five paragraphs, it's too long, you don't want to send all that. You can quickly prompt ChatGPT, so focus on brevity or, or rewrite, summarize what you just said in only two paragraphs. There's a really cool free tool called the Hemingway app. You can even give ChatGPT this website, HemingwayApp.com, and say, using this tool, HemingwayApp.com, rewrite this sales email with a readability at a fifth grade level. 
because I think a lot of the data shows that the readability is uh, most effective at like fifth, sixth, and seventh grade levels. And a lot of the times, you know, we're writing sales emails at 11th or 12th grade levels. So people, when they get especially outbound cold emails, are really going to be most able to read them in 15 seconds and digest them when they're focused on brevity and the value and the reason you're reaching out. So sixth, seventh grade level is a really good target for, for your responses and your outbound emails. So I want to just break down a quick premise that you've gone through in both of the examples. So the two examples that Sunny has given us is number one, you can give ChatGPT a form 10K. And then the other example is you can basically set a standard of rules at times even based on another tool like Hemingway. So you can say, based on these set of rules, write me a better email, or based on this objection, write me a better email. So if we were to put this into practice at 30MPC, right, a lot of times we talk about the three or four golden rules of writing an email. For example, it should be three by three, no more than three lines uh, of text each, no more than three bodies of text when you're writing an email. It should include conversational language like contractions. It shouldn't sound like a robot. It should sound more conversation or casual, right? Can I feed it four five or six golden standard rules for sending a cold email and use that to inform what pops out on the other end? Absolutely. And that's like when I've found that ChatGPT works best is when you give it rules to operate by. So if you fed it those six golden rules and then said, based on these rules, rewrite this email, or based on these rules, craft me an email to pitch a cold outbound message based on this company website's product. And you plug in that company website, it'll analyze the website, take the six rules you gave it, and then build that exact sales email. And one of the best features of ChatGPT is if you don't like the first response it gives you, you always have the option to just click regenerate response and it'll basically change it up. So it'll give you something a little bit different that maybe works a little bit better for what you're prompting. It seems like you're having a back and forth dialogue where I've heard you a couple times say, you'll respond and say, hey, rewrite with a focus on brevity. Are there other inputs that you're giving it frequently when you're asking it to rewrite or redo your stuff that helps get it a little bit closer to usable for you? Yeah, definitely. What you could also do is say, rewrite this with a more positive affliction or rewrite this with a less marketing sounding tone and a more personal sounding tone. But if you define the rules, as you kind of mentioned earlier, I found it's really effective in in circumstances where you dictate how it should operate. So the more rules, the better. And then kind of prompting it for different things and trying different things where it's like, instead of just, you know, rewrite this for brevity, maybe rewrite this with a focus on value for the prospect or rewrite this with less features and more focus on benefits, you know, rewrite this with a stronger call to action. Those are all examples of, of things that you can put in to generate new responses from ChatGPT. And then if you have like a template for a sequence or a cadence, and it kind of has inputs for input your company's value here, input this here, uh, you could even put in, you know, like the, the download of that template that you have copy paste into ChatGPT and say, rewrite this cadence and messaging using the core benefits of this product and input that website. And like, it'll be effective at generating a a version for your company specifically. So it can take out the work of really having to do all the thinking and just basically instruct it how to think and it'll think for you. 
So just to put this into practice and shamelessly plug, which is a valuable plug, is they could take something like Charlotte Johnson's cold email drift, which is available on the 30MPC website and in the show notes, or they could take Sam Nelson's Agoji sequence, also available in the show notes, and they could plug in these sequence templates into chat GPT, and they could say, using this sequence template, just make it work for my company. And it should pop something else out somewhat tailored and coherent to your product, right? Absolutely. Sometimes it takes a couple of different prompting instructions. So maybe you have to put that that cadence that you're plugging in in quotations and then say, you know, use this website to input its key information into the templates of that cadence that are in quotations. Um, so if you explore, you know, a couple of different changes in what you're prompting it, uh, you should absolutely be able to get that result. And while it might not be perfect off the bat, it's a really good V1 that saves you a lot of work, um, basically just leaves you to do the finishing touches that us humans are so good at and why we will not be replaced immediately by AI is because we still have that, that value to really add the human element at the end. Sonny, I haven't seen Arman smile this much in an interview in a long time, which tells me you've gotten him excited about this. And I think a lot of people listening to this are probably really stoked to go use ChatGPT in their sales process. My guess is you found a couple areas where it's it's like trying to get blood from a stone, where like it's just not helpful. Are there particular elements that you would say, hey, based on where ChatGPT is right now, I don't recommend people waste time trying to make it do X. Yeah. So my mind immediately kind of went to like, how can I automate the entirety of our sales funnel with ChatGPT? And and like right now, and again, I'm only using the free version, but right now it's not super effective at connecting tool sets and building automation. So while you can use it to summarize, to enhance data, to sort through information, to generate new messaging and generate ideas, it's almost like a creativity engine and a time hacking efficiency engine. But what it isn't is like a complete car. You know what I mean? So it's not going to be able to take this list of information, generate 100 separate emails for it, ship it into outreach and send it into this specific sequence. It can't do that today at the moment. So you can use it for certain parts of your funnel and sales process to kind of turbocharge, optimize, inspire creativity, but you can't have it do your entire funnel for you at the moment. So Sonny, I want to talk about not just the prospecting piece, but to wrap everything mid-sales cycle. So have you played around with something, for example, at the end of a call, you take a gong or a, a Clary wingman or a chorus transcription, for example, you take a call recording transcription and you plug that into ChatGPT and you ask it to make a recap email off of that. Have you ever tried doing something like that or is that too much for it? 100%. That's probably the number one use case I've found for ChatGPT is taking complex data and rewriting it in simpler usable formats. So if you give it a transcript, there is a limit to the amount of characters you can input. Uh, I think it's like 3,000 or 8,000. You could always do a, uh, you know, if you have a really long conversation or transcript, you might want to parse it into two separate inputs and say, summarize part one, summarize part two, take those summaries and then say, summarize the whole of this. But it is super effective at taking complex data and generating usable information from it. So 100% would be able to do that. You know, I've tested a number of like random use cases, like write a cease and desist letter 
not that I'm writing cease and desist letters, but I'm in a, a Reddit community called R Chat GPT. Highly recommend it. A lot of the use cases posted to that Reddit community are kind of like jokes or absurd things they got Chat GPT to do or say. Uh, but it gives you a lot of good ideas for for content in everyday life. So you know, generate a, a cease and desist letter. You know, you can have it write a last will and testament. Hopefully, you wouldn't need it anytime soon, but you can't have it do that. It's very good with legal jargon. It's very good with medical knowledge. My wife's a nurse. She uses that nurse all the time to understand how medications interact with other medications. ChatGPT passed the medical exam, so it's really good at binary data that's been in textbooks for before 2021. That's definitely just a couple of the scratch to the surface use cases there, but it's fun to learn new things about it every day, and it's fun to test new things every day with it, for sure. Sonny, sadly, we are running out of time and we got to move to the final question. And the final question is this. We've talked about a lot of really great things salespeople should be doing. Now I got to ask you about a shouldn't. And so the final question is, what is one bad habit that you see a lot of salespeople exhibiting that you think they need to break because it's hurting them more than it helps? Great question. If I had to name one bad habit, it would be there are a lot of salespeople that expect others to do the work for them. And they believe that they aren't capable of doing that work for themselves. So I think it's kind of like, hey, I'm waiting on sales enablement to make me this, or I'm waiting on my boss to give me the okay of a, of a target account list or a target prospect list, or I'm waiting on all these things. And, and the reality is like, we're always going to be waiting on something, but we live in such an amazing age of information empowerment, data accessibility, and ever evolving technology. So don't be afraid to take action. You are highly capable there is so much information that can help you to do that. For instance, if you don't have the right sales motions, make sure to check out 30 MPC. They have incredible content to build the best sales motions and to make the most of your sales process. If you don't have an idea of how to respond to an email, ask ChatGPT to generate your response focused on you know, booking a meeting or you know, generating a follow-up in three months. Uh, if you don't agree with your manager or your boss, you know, tell them why, but make sure you have data to support your feelings. It's really hard to argue with data when it supports a hypothesis and presented the right way. So take action. You have the ability, you have the tools, believe in yourself to use those tools based on some of the things we talked about today to be that change and build your very own sales process. Heck yeah. If it's to be, it's up to me. Great episode. Everybody stick around for a 60 second recap coming up soon. Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Today's sales email tip is brought to you by Lavender. 
If you want to get more replies to your sales emails, try removing exclamation points and question marks from your email subject lines. They cause open rates to plummet. Instead, make the subject line feel internal. It should be short, one to three words, and it should showcase the topic of the email, but also be about them. We sat down with Lavender and built a sales email framework guide with emails for every step of your sales process. And there is a link in the show notes to get it for free. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Sunny Round include number one, there were three common use cases for ChatGPT in prospecting. The first was fueling it with research like a 10K to pull out the insights. Number two was writing emails based on that research. And then number three was handling the objections when they came in. Number two, ChatGPT can only pull data up to 2021, but you can feed it other forms of information like a 10K or your website or the company, the prospect's website. Number three, from there, you can plug in your website or rules in the chat GPT to write an email based on that information that you've fed it. And then lastly, number four, you don't like that email? That's okay. Tweak it, ask for an iteration, ask them to make it shorter, or even have it use something like Hemingway to rewrite the email entirely at a fifth grade level. Alrighty, Nick. How could people help us out? You are a fool if you don't go steal those prompts that Sunny puts together. There's a link in the show notes. Go grab that. We're also going to link Charlotte Johnson's cold email drip template campaign and the Sam Nelson Agoji sequence. So if you want to steal some of that structure and do some of the connection between structure and chat GPT that Sunny was talking about, go do that. It's free. We want you to help you book some meetings and we'll see you at President's Club and next week. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes.